You've heard me talk about four different types of buyers for your services. And if not, go listen to episodes 4, 32, 54, 64, and 65. Selling the different kinds of buyers takes skill. And it also takes knowledge to get started and practice to get good. I'm doing deep dives on each of the four buyer types, relators, analyzers, bosses, and dreamers. I'll share insights on how you identify them from each other. What do they want most from you and how you can tweak the buyer's journey to make it easier for them to book your services, no matter what you offer. Today, we're talking about bosses. These buyers experience the world by getting things done. In this episode, I'm going to show you how to help bosses buy positive outcomes from you, not the products and services you think you're selling. Own Your Business is a podcast for event professionals who want to grow with proven approaches. I'm Sam Jacobson, a sales, pricing, and copywriting expert in the wedding industry. Throughout my career, I've booked hundreds of events for millions in revenue. I've also led teams in premium and luxury markets. Now I coach people like you with my company, ID Action Consulting. It's not easy to run a business, especially if it's a business of one, because we aren't born knowing everything. Like you, I had experts who showed me the way when I was starting out and when I was ready to level up. I hope this podcast gives you the confidence to own your business. Tell me if this sounds familiar when you're looking through inquiries in your inbox. It goes something like this. Hi, my name's Steve. My fiance, Sarah, might have reached out to you. We found you on the referral list from our venue. We're planning our wedding for next spring at the local Rosewood property, 150 to 200 people. We're doing a weekend wedding centered around eating and drinking, dancing and having fun with their family and best friends. Are you available and how much are your services? What else do you need to know to send over pricing? Steve and Sarah. Now, it may be that you get lots of inquiries like this, or you may get very few. I don't know. I also don't know if it's a good fit for you, but a wedding at the Rosewood seems like they certainly have money and that's a great start. I don't know anything about the look and feel of the vibe for the event either. He didn't say anything about it. But here's what I do know about Steve, the groom-to-be who sent in this fictitious inquiry. He's coming in late to the decision-making process for the couple because his fiance is overwhelmed and he wants to know why everything is so much more expensive than they budgeted. He doesn't want to connect with you as a person. That's a waste of time. He has too many other important things to get done. Picking vendors is annoying to him because it's taking longer than he had hoped and no one's getting back to him right away or giving him what he wants immediately. His goal is to find people who do good work in their field so he can trust them and not have to micromanage them like the people who work at his company for his team. But he won't give over control until that trust is earned. He's the one calling the shots and guiding the conversations for now. He also thinks he knows exactly what he needs, but he really doesn't. He may even argue with you or push back that there are other ways of doing things, even though he's never done the one thing that you do. He'll want to make decisions fast and go with his gut, but be careful because he won't pay attention to the details until it's time to sign the contract or after it's too late. And on the wedding day, he'll want to skip over or breeze through the non-party aspects. He'll want to get ready fast, take only a few family photos, skip a first look, and keep the ceremony short and sweet with all that sappy stuff. He'll want all of this, but he'll begrudgingly give in when his fiance asks for those things herself. He won't have a lot of time to plan out the wedding because he's too busy. He works 60, 70 hours a week as a director for a company or a big ticket salesperson or a wealth manager, an ER nurse or a trial lawyer. So don't waste his time getting personal or bogged down in the details. And don't get too offended if he's very direct or even abrasive when you chat with him. 
After all, you're just another vendor to cross off the list so he can get married and move on with his life. How do I know these things about our fictional character, Steve? Because he's a boss buyer type, and I've responded to hundreds of inquiries like this over my 16 years in the wedding industry. You've heard me talk about four different buyer types for your services. Selling to different kinds takes skill. I'm going to share with you some insights that will help you book more boss types. Because bosses approach the world by getting things done. They want action and positive outcomes. And that means you've got to make sure that you're doing the things that they're going to appreciate. One of the biggest things you can do for them is assure them that you can give them a good result. Boss types are results-driven, outcome-driven. They want to know about the destination, not about the journey. So make sure that you're focused on the things that they're going to experience that you're going to deliver rather than the process to get there. Also, they may treat you as a team member for their party to get things done. Sometimes my clients tell me that they feel like they've been told to be a personal assistant. But what you've got to do with a boss type is make sure that they recognize that you're a vice president, not an executive assistant. Bosses tend to buy the deliverable, not you, not your friendship, not the services or the product that you offer, but the deliverable, ultimately what they get from it. And they want a professional that they can trust. They don't want a friend. They want somebody who can get the job done for them. It's important with boss types to keep the communication short and to the point. They are all business all the time. They crave control, but they'll give it up to you if they trust you 100%. Boss types can be hard to work with if you don't have the confidence in what you do. They'll pick up on it and they won't give over that control. But if you can earn that trust early and often, then you'll have a chance to have somebody who will completely give you the keys to the car and you can drive wherever you want to go. Now, boss types will tell you very clearly what they want and how much they're willing to pay for it. Again, business-like personalities and very direct communicators. So you can ask them very directly what it is that they want and how much they're willing to pay for it and have a conversation about it. Lastly, a boss type will get straight to the bottom line with everything in their wedding. They're the kind that will ask, so how much is it going to cost me? Or, okay, that's great. I don't need all the details. I just need to know what the bottom line is. Those are indicators that you're working with a boss type. And the best way to tell if you just received an inquiry from a boss type, as always, go to LinkedIn. The profile is filled with all sorts of clues. Now, boss types are typically going to be in leadership positions. They oftentimes take stressful or challenging jobs. And they can usually find themselves in sales or some other kind of persuasive career. If you go back and you look at their education history, they'll have majored in business or maybe they're pre-law or pre-med. But you got to stick around on LinkedIn because that's where boss types hang out on social media. They don't have time to be on places like Instagram, TikTok. They have little social media interest at all. Well, we know a little bit about how bosses work and how to tell if you got an inquiry from a boss. What do you do when you sit down and talk with a boss type? What do they want most from you? How do you sell them? Well, most importantly, you have got to move fast and don't waste their time. When you're going through and talking with them about how to make the next step, give them options. Don't tell them what it is that they have to do. Don't educate them on the only way to do it. Instead, give them options that you're happy with and allow them to feel like they're in control. As I mentioned, you've got to focus on 
Outcomes, not the process. Destinations, not the journey. Really important to make sure that you're only looking at the end result. And along the way, during the conversation with boss types, you can be candid, transparent, and direct. Remember, most people communicate with you the way that they want to be communicated as well. So if they're being candid and transparent and direct with you, you got to give it right back to them. Listen to what they say, not how they say it. Boss types oftentimes don't sugarcoat things, and it can feel a little direct when it comes out. Sometimes it might even be a little bit of a challenge to the way that you see the world, and it's hard to swallow that perspective. So listen to what they're saying, not how they're saying it. And bosses like to feel like they're right or that they've won. So don't get into a power struggle with them. Don't try and be right. Instead, do what works for that particular situation and walk them through what they need to do to feel like they're the ones who are winning. Now, when you're going through and thinking about how to guide a boss through the sales process, you're going to have to adjust and tweak the process at certain key points. Here are some of the things that you could do. Number one, cut straight to the chase as often as you can. Number two, be super responsive. Bosses like to get a lot of things done in a little bit of time. They do not have time to wait around for you to get back to them. The key here is that if you can just be faster than everybody else, you're going to look like a star. So we're talking minutes or hours, certainly not days and getting back to them. Number three, avoid personal questions or small talk. They don't have time for small talk. And there's no reason to get to know each other unless it's going to contribute directly to the positive outcome that they're seeking. So avoid personal questions. Number four, write as if they're reading only headlines and the bullet points. Boss types don't have time to read. They skim. So make sure that you're really communicating through headlines or subject lines. Put bold titles on emails and then provide bullet points so that they know where to focus their eyes. Number five, provide executive summaries and then options to drill into the details if they want to. So don't write a big, long email. Or if you do, make sure to write a quick little summary paragraph at the top. Highlight and bold the things that they need to drill into and provide links that they can click through to if they want to get more information. But don't make them read everything. Number six, offer lots of social proof and awards. Again, bosses want good outcomes. So social proof like testimonials or badges of places that you've been published or reviews or lists that you've been featured on, these all help build your authority and credibility and the respect that they have for your brand. So you want to make sure you put those front and center early and often. Number seven, include lots of calls to action and set up next steps. It's really important to make sure that you give the boss type an opportunity to take action. So end your emails with something they can click to schedule or a link that they can explore or an attachment they can look at to make a choice and email you back on. If you have a meeting with the boss or a discovery call or there's correspondence back and forth about a particular topic, you want to make sure that you're including what those next steps are for each of you so that they can walk away with an action list. They want homework. They want to do things because they believe it's going to help get that outcome that they've been looking for and get there faster. When you're talking with the boss, because they may feel like they know it all already or know enough to get a good enough result, you're going to have to challenge their assumptions and reframe their beliefs. Now, this can be hard, but if they tell you something that they think that they know and it's not necessarily true, 
this is the kind of buyer type that you can push back on. And that's really important to do because the more you challenge their assumptions, the more you reframe what it is they think that they know about you and your services, the more you create a need for more information or doubt in their mind whether or not they can get there without your help. The more you do that, the bigger the problems are that they find, the bigger the problems, the more services they need, the more services they need, the more value you offer, and the more likely they are to pay a higher price. So you reframe and challenge their beliefs if you want to make sure you build up that bill. Number 10, give compelling competitive advantages in your proposal. Boss types may not get involved in the sales process at all until their fiance the scout for the two of them collects information and brings it back for them to look over. And that proposal has got to sell you. It's got to sell why you, and it's got to sell why you are better. So you've got to make sure you include competitive advantages in the proposal. If you heard me talk about proposals in the past, you know that two things that make the kind of proposals that we recommend the, the template that we have is a personalized intro at the very beginning, and then competitive advantages below the package descriptions. These competitive advantages are super important when you're selling directly to a boss, or if you've never had a chance to talk with her or him, and you're now selling through the proposal. Lastly, one of the big tweaks you've got to make sure you leave room for negotiations at the end of the sales process. Bosses like to win. They want to push back. They want to be in charge. They they need to have some sort of concession sometimes to be able to make progress and finalize and close that deal. So leave room for negotiations. If you know you're dealing with a boss type directly or there's a boss type lurking in the background, make sure that you're doing everything you can to maybe build in, pad your number with a little bit of contingency and be prepared when you go into that final conversation, that second phone call, hopefully that you're scheduling, that you're not going to be caught off guard when they push back a little bit and want to negotiate. That's okay. Just got to let them win a little bit. Here's a funny story because believe it or not, I got a lot of boss in me. <laughs> Maybe you can believe it. So here's a story that I want to share with you about this whole leave room for negotiations point. So Katie and I were looking at getting a new car. This is several years ago while we were still living in Dallas. And we were not totally on the same page, but had compromised with what we wanted. And so I went out, I was in charge of, of buying it and I went out to test drive it to make sure that it was what we really wanted. So I show up at the dealership. It's a no frills dealership. I mean, as a boss type myself, I don't like the small talk and there's nothing more awkward and uncomfortable than doing a test drive and having to deal with a sales guy in the front seat with me. So I picked this place that I knew I could just get the key and go out and drive it. And I didn't have to listen to somebody yammering or selling me along the way. So I come back, I like the car, I tell him we're interested in buying it, I see the sticker price and I ask him what the best deal is he can give me. He says, that is the best deal. And I said, well, that's not good enough. I, I got to get some kind of discount off of the sticker price. That's just the way these things work. And he said, well, you know, we don't have a lot of salespeople. We don't have a lot of overhead. That's how we're able to keep the price so low. Now I knew that that was an awesome deal. I had looked it up on, I think it was car gurus. And I, I had seen that it was an excellent deal, not good, not fair, but excellent. And so I walked out of there thinking I'd play hardball. Well, they didn't chase me down. I get a call a few days later and he asked if I'm still interested. I said, yeah, but I, I got to know what the best deal is that he can give me. I'm not going to buy this car, even though I know it's a good deal, an excellent deal without some sort of concession on his part. So another couple of days go by. He calls me back again. He says, Sam, I really want you to buy this car. I'm going to give you a $150 discount. I said, sold. 
help you buy to pick it up. 150 bucks. That was it. So when you go through and you think about the kind of boss buyer and what they're interested in at the end of the deal, don't blow it. Don't, don't get too caught up in your, your sticker price being the thing that you have to hold firm on. Instead, just give a little win, allow for the opportunity to move forward. They'll feel good and you'll have a great deal on your hands. So this is just a tip of the iceberg on things you need to know about boss buyer types, including what not to do, how to create marketing messages that resonate with them, ways to tweak the website to attract more boss types if you want. Boss types tend to earn a lot of money. They can be great ideal clients. You've also got to learn how to handle their fiance or the in-laws during the sales process, what to do when they become your client, ways to improve the wedding day experience for bosses and what they want from you after the wedding. But this is a really good start for you to get going. And it's a really good opportunity for you to get better at style stretching your way of communicating with these bosses. Now we've gone through and received over 2000 questionnaires from couples who worked with our coaching and copywriting clients. We interview them for what it's like to be a client and what's on their mind. And here's what we know about boss types. They're often the real decision makers, even if not the first ones to inquire. So you've got to get to know them. You've got to get comfortable with their direct communication style and you've got to learn how to earn their trust. If you don't or can't, you're going to struggle with them throughout the entire client journey. Boom. That's it for this episode on own your business. If you've heard me on a stage or a workshop or someone else's podcast, you know, I have a hard time keeping it short, but I know you're busy. So thanks for spending time with me today. You have a ton of options for guides when it comes to getting you to where you want to go. I hope you found someone you can continue to trust. If you have a friend who could use practical strategies to own their business, please share this episode with them. If you can't think of anyone in particular, we settle for a quick review on whatever podcast platform you listen through. 